The new CBA is officially done. Are there any surprises? Is there a way to get Jalen Brown to take a little bit less where it actually benefits him? All that, how this affects Grant Williams, it's right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Hilario B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap salary matching. Clutch like Virgil DJ, keep on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Green and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device. If you're a subscriber, open up your favorite podcasting app. As long as it's not Stitcher, Stitcher is going away. It's shutting down. So whatever other app you decide to choose, this show is there. Very easy to subscribe. Also watch the show on YouTube. Bring the bell. Get notified when I drop a new video. Hop into the comments section. Let me know what you think about the podcast, about me, about whatever we're talking about. I'm John Corrales. I used to play. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I'm coming to you after Kristaps Porzingis was introduced. Uh, not really much to talk about out of there. It was a very kind of benign introduction. Uh, he wears number eight uh, for no other reason than he wanted a single digit. And number four and number eight were available. He saw a Photoshop of himself in number eight, and he liked it. So he chose number eight. Uh, other than that, it's pretty standard fare. Uh, he's happy to be in Boston. He's happy to accentuate Jalen and Jason. He's happy to play with those guys. This is uh, obviously was his preferred destination. This is always your preferred destination. If he got traded somewhere else, I'm sure that would have been his preferred destination. If he got traded, I don't know, pick another team. There's no way he would have sat in front of those reporters and said, well, I wanted to go to Boston first, but this is also good. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, it's, it's, you know, interesting to see him up there and, and being introduced to the media, but we'll see what happens. Joe Mazzula was there. He didn't say much standard Joe Mazzula stuff. So I'm not going to build a podcast around kind of nothing from those guys. I'm going to build a podcast around the new CBA and Keith Smith from spot track is going to be here. Uh, in just a second, we're talking about Grant Williams. And I talked to earlier this um, earlier this week about go ahead and go sign Grant Williams. Just do it. We talk about that concept. We talk about Jalen Brown and is there a way to actually get him to take a little bit less off the top, but for it to actually work out in his favor anyway. Uh, and, and we'll just dive into any surprises. Today's show is brought to you by game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Let's get into the discussion now with Keith Smith of SpotTrack. All right, Keith, I assume that in the past 24 hours, you've poured over 500 or so pages of the CBA. You're ready to give us very minute little details of, of everything. So uh, why don't we get started? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go get a sandwich and come back in a few yeah. hours and, and I'll be barely into anything. Uh, <laughs> it will be through the table of contents. Um, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of 25 pages long. The yes. table of contents is 25 pages long. Yeah. I downloaded the CBA. I went, I started to go through it. I am not a person who normally does well with legal documents or anything of that length. Um, I, I started going through it and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, look, 
they get a per diem. I forgot about their per diem. It's like 150 bucks a day or so. I'm like, man, these guys get 150 bucks a day. And then I start talking about that. And they're like, oh, wait, wait, I've got to keep reading here. And I'm like, oh, wow, they get this allowance. They get 46 nights in a hotel if they get traded. Like all these little tiny things that you just, I knew existed. I already knew existed, but I get so caught up in that. I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. I'm like a cat with a little laser beam. When it comes to <laughs> I hear you, man. The one that everybody like fixated on was like, they get league pass for free. And it's like, yeah, yeah for probably the goofy online version that barely ever seems to work for people. So I mean, I, they get a yeah. 401k. Like yeah. I just picture like LeBron contributing to a 401k. <laughs> yeah. Like the maximum you can contribute per year is like $6,500 or $7,000. So LeBron's got like billions of dollars and maybe has like, Four hundred thousand dollars in a four hundred one case, and then he's like, he, he's like hitting the Lakers up. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna match that? Yeah, you're gonna match this or what? This <laughs> like, is retirement here. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, we we gotta get serious <laughs> about this. Yeah, I um, you know, it's it's funny. So I thankfully I was able to get um a copy of it like right when everybody else did. I started going through it, and then I had somebody come through, and they had already done some comparison work. Yeah. Um, so I was able to kind of float back and forth. I took the term sheet and made a ton of notes in that of like, need clarity on this, don't really understand that. So, so far, the good news is there has been very little that I'm seeing that jumps out that is yeah. uh, different from what we already knew um, from, from what I've discovered and gone through, which is good, right? That's, that's good news. That means we're there. There's still a couple places. I know uh, various folks within the league, as well as uh, folks with agencies and the like, they have some questions out just for clarity purposes. Yep. And then if, you, you get a different answer from the two parties on the league side and the uh, PA side, then it generally becomes, all right, we need to have a bigger discussion, but so far so good uh, with things up uh, being you know, relatively straightforward. So no surprises is the, the sum no, from, yeah, from this, no. which is great because free agency starts Friday afternoon. <laughs> on evening. Yep. So that that's good. Um, because one of the things that was I was so afraid of, I've mentioned it on this podcast, I mentioned on the Lockdown NBA podcast, you dump 600 pages on on a, a team and say, okay, here you go, here's a collective bargaining agreement. And I know that a majority of those pages are basically kind of like copy and paste from yeah. the last deal, right? Like yeah. the uniform player contract, the other stuff. It's so much of it is actually the same. Like the, the financial part of it is is the the meat of it that will change. So it's not as bad as maybe I've been portraying it. Um, but mostly because I've just been like, I think, I don't know, pissed off at the fact, like, what are you guys doing? We're, we're, yeah. We all want to know. Mostly what I want to know is, can Mike Zarin go through this and find loopholes so I can figure out what the loopholes are like those types of guys. Like, so, but uh, I, I feel like, it's it's a refreshing kind of feeling that okay the the new CBA is actually fully out now we're not being surprised by anything now we can kind of proceed forward with all right here's here's what the Celtics and the the rest of the NBA can do did you see the report floating around that the Phoenix Suns are there's like a rift in the Phoenix Suns they didn't fully understand the uh the what the impact of the Bradley Beal deal would be <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they didn't, right? But this is a 
team that on the record openly said, you know, we only scout like eight guys in the draft because that's all we really <laughs> care about. So I guess nothing <laughs> shocks me anymore as far that's as wild. those kind of things go. I, you know, that, that, that part is crazy. I know uh, Chris Haynes just reported Kyrie Irving's going to meet with them. Uh, yep. at the start of free agency. So sure, I guess why not? It, Matt Ispia thought he was buying a Premier League team. You just spend whatever you want or a baseball team, <laughs> apparently, because I mean, sure. Now I've been on the record saying if there was ever a superstar max player that you told me, hey, guess what? They took the league minimum, you know, just free and clear on their own. I'd be like, oh, it's Kyrie, right? Like yeah. you'd be like first guess. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't even need uh, more guesses. Like I'll just guess it was Kyrie. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's to me, that's probably that's playing the game, right? This time of year, there's there's some of that going on. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, it, I, I the quote I put out on Twitter from from an executive yesterday before they had the CBA was it, you know, paraphrasing a little bit, was we're taxiing onto the runway and getting ready to take flight, and half our flight instruments aren't working, and our co-pilots learning how to uh, finish flight school while we're in the air. Like that's <laughs> and that's kind of where this is a little bit now. You mentioned like, you know, every team has a person in Mike Zarin's role. I'm not going to say yep. every team has a Mike Zarin because he's <laughs> very, very good at this. Yes. But for guys like you and I, right, we get this legal document and we start to go through it. They know, all right, throw away pages, you know, 20 through you know, 85, like no changes or it doesn't matter for our purposes right now. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff to your point. There's stuff in there that has no uh, impact at all on anything that's going to happen with rosters and the salary cap and all that stuff. But it's important. It needs to be called out because it's you know how the league works for the players. It's no different than a contract yeah. you know, any one of us would sign. But but yeah, that's that's what's happening. You know, started yesterday and will continue today. Is you know, all right, where are the things we need clarity on? Those questions will get, get probably started getting gassed last night and throughout the day today. You'll give us an answer on these things. And then the other part is what they're taking is here's all the stuff that starts right now. Here's all the stuff that starts next year. Put them aside. So we know, you know, what's our long-term impact, but we're really focused on what we got to deal with in the next couple of days. Yeah. And so in the next couple of days, what the Celtics have to deal with is number one, is Grant Williams, right? Like, that's the number one priority. Well, okay, Jalen Brown getting that that extension. Unless they decide somehow that they want to play games and they want to negotiate something there, um, I would be surprised. None of the reporting. I, I've heard people suggest that maybe they should. Um, but um, what do you say? You, you can sit there and say, hey, can you take $4 million less to start, you know, to start this deal, it really doesn't impact you a whole ton, uh, but that's going to get us closer to be able to 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 sign Grant Williams. You know, if you want to keep Grant Williams, we're going to need you to take a little bit of less. This way, we we don't have to trade Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe we could do some other moves, and we can figure it out that way. Going to continue the conversation next with Keith and get into some of that Jalen Brown stuff. I have a couple of ideas that might work. That could save the Celtics a couple of bucks that can maybe facilitate the Grant Williams thing. That's all next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy in a fun way. People have come up to me, uh, have walked by me at the garden when I've, I've been there during the season and 
said they love playing prize picks and thanking me for telling them about this daily fantasy game, which is fun because it's you against projections. It's not you against me, you against other people. It's you against whatever over under type of projection prize picks gives you. Uh, you pick two to six players. You figure out if they're going to score more or less. If you get them all right, you can win up to 25 times your money. Uh, it's You can pick basically any sport you watch. Uh, WNBA is going on right now. Golf, European basketball, any cricket, all that stuff. Anything you can think of. So you can go, you make your entries in 60 seconds or less. Super easy, safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Uh, a very, very fun way to play daily fantasy. If you use the promo code locked on when you download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy, you can get a 100% instant deposit match for your first time user of up to $100. You enter the promo code locked on, you deposit up to $100, whatever that number is, they will match your deposit that exact same number but with the promo code locked on. So enter that promo code at prizepicks.com or in the prize picks app to get that instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Two immediate thoughts on that. We're seeing a lot of speculation and I try to really, when I'm reading these, these things split it into what's speculation versus what's reporting, you know, and speculation to me is things like, well, he could or should do. Um, your reporting this is, is an this important is distinction, by the way. This is a very <laughs> important distinction to speculation reporting, which I love yep. to make. And, and your know, reporting to me is this is what he is doing, you know, or will do. Um, so if we're you know going in the speculation world, talking to various folks around the league, and it's something that I think is personally where this may go, not just for the Celtics, but for a lot of these teams, because these new, uh, I call them the super tax rules when they are fully implemented a year from now are so restrictive on teams. I think you may see teams try to say to guys, Hey, I know we can give you 35% of the cap. Can you do 33%? Give us a little bit of wiggle room so we can do some other stuff. And I think those are going to be conversations that, that happen more and more and more. It, it's very clear or very important. I should say for people to be clear, Jalen Brown has qualified for the super max at 35% of the cap. Mm -hmm. The Celtics do not have to give him all of that. They could say, "Hey, we're going to give you, you know, a little bit less." That that that's a it used to be, you know, all or nothing, and that's not the way it is anymore. You can negotiate that a little. Now you got to be careful, right? You don't want to get too silly with it because then you're on the risk of you make the player angry, and it doesn't. Now 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 things turn sideways and they get ugly. So so that's where you know. But to to what you were kind of saying is, yeah, if you could say, "Hey, can you take a little bit of a haircut?" You know, all right, yeah, we can do that now. Then it becomes on the team. You better not ask a player to do that and then turn around and be like, well, we couldn't afford to keep Grant Williams because, you know, we're too expensive because it's like, right. wait, why did I give you back money then? So that's, yeah, that's playing the game, right? And you got to play it on both ends. They have to do it in good faith and negotiate it that way. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next, I'll say like three, four years of negotiations with players around max deals, how many of them say, yeah, you know, all right. $60 million is, you know, that's, you know, 55 million is basically the same thing. So yeah, that's fine. You know, cut, cut out a little bit of money and we'll, well, as long as you use it to, you know, sign the right guys around us. Yeah, let's go. One thing that I've seen suggested, so this is not my idea, 
but I like the idea. If you do go to Jalen and say, Hey, look, we're stuck. We're stuck. We can, we have two options. You want your five years and 35%. We got you. No problem. Or you can help us out. We'll take 33%, whatever the number ends up being 32 and a half, three, whatever, 33. Um, but we'll give you the out out clause after three seasons. This way you opt out. If you want to stay, we'll give you the five years. So you have your security. Something happens to you. You want those two years, you blow out your knee, you know, you knock on wood. You don't want that to happen, but you want that security of five years and just mega, mega money. Then sure. No problem. We'll give you the opt out after three. You just continue being Jalen Brown. And then the, the 2% that you missed out on, you make up by getting that next contract that, that, that all comes back to you in the first year of the next deal. Uh, so I, I think you can go to the guy and say, we'll give you the opportunity to get that massive raise on your last year, year three. And then, hey, and if, if you decide you want to go somewhere else after three years, then goodbye. Bonus, bonus. You could use them technically as an expi- expiring contract. If a team's like, hey, we'll trade for Jalen Brown. We know he's going to leave, but we're so expensive. We'll take one year of Jalen Brown. He's going to be an expiring contract. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, and to, to that last point, there's definitely teams, if if we're that close to winning a title, sometimes the answer is, yeah, just it doesn't matter if the guy leaves. We'll figure it out. I always think about you know Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Kawhi yep. went there, played a yep. year, left, but they won a title, right? It's the, yeah. what's the flags fly forever. Uh, you know, thing like that's that's true, right? No, no one. No, I might say no one cares that he left, but everybody gets it, right? Everybody's kind of a whole lot. Yeah, right. It's like, okay, we we still always have that that title, right? That that always, you know, will exist. So that that helps. So, yeah, with Jalen Brown, I think I think we're still too early in all of this to to for. I just don't know that people are going to get too cute yet with you know. Let's do shorter deals and let's try to align with the new media rights deal and all the other stuff that's coming in. I think it'll probably be more along the lines of, no, let me get the most I can get right now and get it guaranteed and locked in. Also for him, he's, he hasn't been the most healthy guy, right? There's always been stuff throughout the course of his career. So, you know, what, why not? Right. This gets me into my early thirties. If I'm still a good player, I'm going to get another good deal. You know, in my early thirties, it might not be another, you know, five year max, but you know, I should still be able to pull down another, you know, two years at really good money, three years at really good money. So I, I think he'll probably take the most. I, and I don't know that the Celtics are going to try to get too cute with this. If, if he comes in under max money, that's a win for Boston, no matter how much under it is, yeah. right? That's just a win because that is, yeah, we got them for less than the max. I, I tend to think it's going to be no, or if it is, it's going to be, well, I'm doing it because Tatum's also going to do it in a year. And that's, you know, to help the mm-hmm. whole thing down the line. I don't know that Jalen Brown, I mean, this is not, a, I'm not trying to do a Brown versus Tatum thing here. I just think it is a reality of, hey, you know, why should I be the guy? Yeah. I did it last time, right? I was the one who took the shorter deal and took less money because, you know, we all knew Tatum was looming as needing to be resigned. And at that point, it was still 
well, we still have Gordon Hayward and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So it was, you know, he took less, but I think it is, I think this time around, it's probably going to be that full super max and then, then we'll go. And the real question will be player option on the last year, not trade bonus, um, you know, or not, you know, where are we headed with all those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be very interesting to see how those negotiations go. Um, and, and, you know, curious to see how the players react to this new CBA, how agents react to this new CBA is, is the five year contract going to be something the players really do want because mm -hmm. there's so, the, the cap is going to be increasing by what? 10%. Yeah. You know? So if you're talking about getting paid by a percentage of the cap, I would think if I'm, if I'm very confident in myself and if I'm Tatum or Jalen Brown, I would be very confident in myself. I would say, you know what? Why am I going to be locked into 35% of this year's cap? Cause it starts like, you start now, and then you're not making 35% of the cap every season. It's 35% now and raises based on the prior year salary. Correct. Right? Yeah, so, and those raises, to, to just to add to your point, are 8% raises. So They're not it, even keeping up. Exactly. In theory, for the next probably, probably – I'm going to say probably the life of this CBA, mm. which runs through 2030, we're probably going to be at 10% raises of the cap because what's going to happen is – to why it's 10%. We just saw that, right? This cap is going up 10%. Next year is now projected 10%. The years after that, they put in the cap smoothing, which which locked it on the top end at 10%. And it's yeah. going to take a while to catch up because my guess is if these media rights deals come in the way they look like they're going to, the cap should probably go up somewhere in the range of maybe 15 or 20%, maybe yeah. even more. And what's going to happen is it's going to be 10 and then you spill over, you spill over, you spill over until we get caught up. That's how, how that's going to function through. So to your point is, yeah, if I take 35% now with an 8% raise in the next year, I've already, I am going to put it in quotes, lost money, right? In, in, right. in theory that way. So are we, are we going to see five-year deals? Or if I'm Jalen Brown, maybe I go to the Celtics and I say, now obviously this is speculation, but maybe I go to the Celtics and say, I don't want five years at this money. Maybe I go and I say, I want a three-year deal so I can be a free agent. I don't know what your situation is going to be. I don't know where you're going to be blowing things up. I want to be able, or, you know, the, the, the LeBron, the two plus one, the, the three plus, whatever it is to say, I want to cash in on this 10% increase of the cap. If you, if you keep cashing, you get bigger raises with the shorter contracts. The risk obviously is you land on somebody's foot, you go Gordon Hayward yeah. and you know, now you're not worth the 10% raises, but Hey, you gotta, you gotta, that's what bet why it's called betting on yourself. It's not a guarantee. If, if I'm one of these guys, I, I would have a serious conversation with my agent. How long a contract do I want to lock in? If I want to maximize my value, my income, if I'm out after two, three years, I cash in on that 10% raise. My first year salary goes up a ton more. And then I get the eight, the 8% 8 raises based off of that. So let's, let's yeah, Boston, you want a little bit of a discount here? No problem. Because in three years that you're going to end up making much more, mm -hmm. much more than what you give up at the beginning here. Back with more with Keith and the Grant Williams question. That's all next. 
First, today's show brought to you by Game Time. You want last-minute tickets to a show, a sporting event, comedy, whatever it is that is selling tickets, uh, you can probably get it on the Game Time app. Killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hyped for the fun you're going to have. You don't have to plan months in advance. I know that when the Celtics schedule comes out, you're going to plan you know, December, January, February. I want to go to this game, that game. But now, maybe you're flying by the seat of your pants. Do you want to go to a Red Sox game? Do you want to go to a show? Do you want to go to a concert? It's all there on the Game Time app. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for all of those things. And with the Game Time guarantee, you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, you'll get credited 110% of the difference. So you know you're going to get the best price. You get an image of your seat. Before you buy, so you know exactly what your view is going to be. You can buy the tickets in a matter of two taps, seconds, you're done, and they're sent directly to your phone. You don't have to be that person scrolling through your email. Oh my God, I know I got the tickets here somewhere. Where are they? Sorry, everybody. I'll find my tickets in the next few minutes. You don't want to be that person. Get them directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your emails. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba you get twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code locked on nba for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed it really comes down to the long-term security against the you know potential of maximizing your money and that's i mean that's what lebron did for a number of years right when he was kind of starting about five six years ago he started kind of this you know right at the end of his heat tenure so i'm probably a little too far out it's probably more like four years ago um with that i mean somewhere in that range but when he started you know at the end of the heat was i'm going to do short-term deals right i'm going to keep keep kind of rolling it over and part of what that also does is that gives the player some power too, right? As far mm-hmm. as, Hey, you better keep putting good teams here. You better keep doing these kind of things. I, I, it's going to be fun to watch how this develops over the next couple of years, because you're going to have guys who treat it very, very differently, right? You might have guys who come in and their situation, you know, was, man, I, you know, I played the first four. I was the 20th pick in the draft. It made nothing on my rookie scale deal. I need to take everything I can get right now. Right, right. right. You may have other guys who say, eh, I'm going into my third contract, like someone like Jalen Brown. I've already made a ton of money. I can I can gamble a little bit here, right? Like mm-hmm. I've already got more than enough that I need for the rest of my life. Let's just kind of see you know, where this goes. But yeah, it, I, I'm I'm gonna be very curious to watch it play out because this is again kind of go back to like, hey, we're all learning on the fly here. Yeah. Even if this is known stuff that this is coming, this is still going to be we're all adjusting to this new world together on all sides of it, right? Yep. And it's going to be you know some people are going to make great decisions, teams, players, agents. Some are going to make terrible decisions, and more. And unfortunately, for some of them, we may not know until we're two, three years in. Yeah, um, you know, which ones are good and bad. And I think one of the big things with this new deal is the conventional wisdom is what's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the things that we would lean on the, you know, the, the, okay, this guy is a free agent or he, he is going to take this because that's what everybody does. Because like I just said, that with the 10% increase in the cap, well, maybe, maybe some of these star players 
do opt for shorter contracts, which would be a departure from the norm. Meanwhile, I think Grant Williams would want five years locked in <laughs> sure. because it's like the the middle ground here is going to be in question. So for a guy like Grant, it's much more advantageous to say, I want five years. Whatever the number is, I want five years of it because I don't know what the course of this deal is going to be. It's easier for Grant Williams to get traded to a contender than sign with a contender. And so if he wants to play in a more winning situation, it's easier for him to say, you know what? Lock me up at this mid-level money. Give me the five years. He's not going to get 10% raises because he's not that level of player. Sign me up. Give me the raises. And if you want to trade me next year, then trade me. But it's easier for him to go the trade path than the sign path. And, and so I would expect the, the middle tier, lower tier guys to be like, Give me all the years on my contracts. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely see some of that, especially those guys who are they're just not likely to be all star level guys. So, so there's never going to be that year where it's like, hey, I broke through, I'm cashing in now. I think some of these guys they project to be mid range salary players, which mid range salary now is probably going to be fifteen to twenty million here within you know fifteen already. Now it it's going to be twenty twenty five million pretty soon. I mean, twenty five million is going to be you know one sixth of the salary cap here very quickly. Uh, but by the, before the CBA ends, it might only be one eighth of the salary cap, right? We, we won't be talking 12%. Yeah. I mean, the cap itself may go up to $200 million. We're really not that far off uh, from that. So I think what we're going to start seeing happen with some of these guys is let's just kind of, you know, let's, let's, um, yeah. If I, if I'm never going to be the guy who benefits from that extreme explosion, yeah, let me lock in. <clears throat> I think with Grant, too, what's funny is a lot of the discussion over the last couple of weeks has been, well, the Celtics can't keep him, right? There's just no way because they're going to be too expensive. There is a school of thought that says, let tomorrow's problems be tomorrow's problems because none of this stuff really matters for this year outside of they wouldn't be able to do the uh, taxpayer uh, MLE. So I think what in that case, what would happen is Grant's better than anybody you're getting for five million anyway. If they know people think some ways about him, but that's unequivocally true. So if you got Grant, as long as you didn't go crazy with the contract, if you, you know, 15 million a year, I'm just throwing mm -hmm. that out as a number. That's the number you, I'm using. Yeah, you did 15 million a year for Grant. You're fine this year. Yeah, you're going to be super expensive, but you're going to be super expensive anyway. It's just a little bit more money. Then what happens is, yeah, next year, 24, 25, yeah, you're going to be probably down to, I got to resign guys. I got to sign draft picks, minimums. That's all I'm going to have. Trade rules will tighten up. It'll get a little bit harder to do some stuff. But you're a title contender today. Mm -hmm. So if, why are you going to necessarily weaken yourself when – you, like to your point, you can still trade them and you can still it's been people have gone too far now with the penalties for being, you know, a super tax team are like you can't trade guys. Well, that's not true. You can. You just wouldn't be able to put Grant at 15 and Brogdon at 22 and go get a 40 million dollar player that right. you can't do. But you can still trade them and you can still go get somebody and and fill it out. They've got all their draft picks. Yes, you can't trade the seventh pick down the line, but 
you know, if you're trading this year's, then the seventh pick, so pick seven years away, that that doesn't really matter, right? There's there's to some extent, I think going to be a little bit of a NFL approach to this of we're gonna kind of let tomorrow's problems be tomorrow's problems if we're really good. Yeah, let's let's try to go after, let's try to make it happen right now. And the Celtics are in a great position to do that if they want to keep Grant around. Yeah, I look, I, I've written about it, I've said it on a podcast earlier this week. Do it. Just keep Grant. If you can keep Grant at that 15 million average annual value, contract starts this this upcoming season. The contract starts at about 13 and change. So that's that's fine. You yeah. You know, like so. So you make a few other moves. You if you want to get under that second apron, you you can. Um, but you know what? It, it doesn't. It it matters. It matters. But this is the year. If you're gonna do it. Just do it now. Just make your move now. Take yep. your one year of Grant now. And then if you have to trade him next season, like trade him next season, I'm all for it. But if you use that $5 million taxpayer mid level, you're hard capped now. Now the second apron means something. You can't, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And veteran minimums are going to be like the, you know, the 10 year veteran minimum is going to be like what? Like, just about $3 million. Or yeah. So. Yeah. In, in that range. In so that you're not range. even paying that much more. Yeah. So what's the difference between a $3 million and a $5 million player? Yep. You know, go get three Eric Gordon for the, 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 the minimum. See if he's going to play for that. Um, which I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you're, whatever. Go well, on. and there's always guys, right? Whether it's Eric always Gordon or guys. somebody, there's always players who get squeezed out and end up on. I mean, look at what happened to Dennis Schroeder, right? Two, yeah. two, two years in a row, he got squeezed out and ended up on you know lesser contracts than what anybody thought. Because that's what happens. The money comes off the board in generally the first four days on the long end of free yeah. agency. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, man, I like like 25 guys still. Yeah. And there's like very, you know, there's like five teams with the full mid-level left. So that just leaves a whole bunch of dudes that are standing there looking to, you know, all right, well, what am I doing? All right, one-year minimum on a title contender where I play a real role. Let's go. I Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like the, the new crunch on the bottom end of the salary cap will exacerbate this problem because the teams that normally there's always like a team that will go in and be like, I'm not even spending up to the salary, salary mm-hmm. floor yet. You can make a trade in the middle of the season. You can sign some guys. You can get up to it by the end of the season and be fine. Um, now you gotta you gotta have that by the beginning of the season. Yeah, you're gonna be up to the floor. Yep. You have to be up to the floor by the beginning. And if you're not up to the salary, so people who don't know what the salary floor, it basically there's a minimum amount you have to spend. And what, what is it like 90% of the cap? Yeah, right? 90% of the cap. Yep. 90% of the so you have to you have to be paying a payroll worth 90% of the cap at least on opening night. If you don't then that that's that's going to be your salary that 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 space is eaten up so you don't have even if you're not actually spending that money they're going to say well screw it you're there's a hold now on that whatever difference my point is those those teams have to start spending money too and they're going to figure out who they who they're going to pay and maybe some of these names these lesser names get squeezed out sooner and they don't have any other options. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that, that plays out Well, to that point too. Let's I'm just cherry picking them out of here, but the San Antonio Spurs and they're an easy cherry pick because they didn't meet the floor last year. Um, So what happens if you don't meet the floor, just as a quick educational moment, 
the the team, the league, and the, the players association bargain on all right, you missed it by 20 million. How are we divvying up that 20 million amongst the players who were on your team before? Yeah. Some have done it's only happened a couple times. Some have done all right, there are 20 guys suited up in a game. Everybody gets a million. Others have said, well, we'll do it by percentage of what they made a year ago, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and those kind of things. So they can, they can, they, it's, a, it's a negotiation. They figure that out. Mm -hmm. But in the case of the Spurs, like let's say this year, because they've got, again, a ton of cap space, <clears throat> a ton of spending to do to get to the floor. They may look at it and say, you know, veteran player X, who's, you know, yeah, we could sign him for 10 million. <clears throat> but what's that going to do? That's going to block young player that we like if we don't play him. It doesn't really mean anything for us to have him as a trade asset, blah, blah, blah. That's so what they may do instead of veteran player X. They may look at younger veteran player Y and say, let's sign him instead because there's a chance he may pop, right? Yeah. Might come a little cheaper. Even if we overpay him a little bit, we're taking a shot in the dark. And if the guy really develops, now we've got something, right? We can really move forward with that. Where the veteran player, you're talking about a short-term thing. And some of those veteran guys, they may be the ones who really get squeezed out mm -hmm. you know, here because of things like that. Now, that's a, an approach to team building, right? Every team is going to build it a little different. If you're Oklahoma City and I'm sitting on $16 million, and if I have even a roster spot, I may look, on it, look at it and say, now I want to vet because you know I, I want to try to push forward, right? I'm trying to win. I want to be a good team. Let, let's go. So it's just going to really come down to you. Know, what what is preference now uh, for these teams as they get into that range where, all right, we're kind of the last one standing with cap space, and there's you know still 15 dudes without homes. Like, well, let's have that conversation. Um, the question is now, uh, for Grant Williams. I guess one of the, the bigger questions is, is, is there going to be another? I, I don't think this is the summer of the stupid offer. I don't think this is the summer of, hey, you know what? We're going to overpay a restricted free agent. But when I use the $15 million number for Grant, I think I think there is some question about like, I was asked on Twitter about it. Say, hey, what if he makes 20? I don't think this summer or even next summer is when the crazy restricted free agent number gets gets thrown out there to lure a guy away. Um, even though the, the restricted free agent rules have changed, you've got basically 24 hours to, to answer. So teams can be like, teams aren't going to be sitting there. I remember it used to be a week. <laughs> I remember when it was 10 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the 10 day, like no restricted free agent. Who, who would make a restricted free agent offer and have your salary cap tied up for 10 days before a team said whether they want to keep the guy or not. There's a very famous story of when I think it was either one and they had changed it from either seven days to five days or it might've still been seven days where a team was literally like chasing another team's executives around. Cause you had to deliver it like, like delivering a yeah. summons or court papers. They had to be delivered in person, the offer sheet. And they were literally like hiding from this other team because they didn't want to start the clock on like, all right, that ties up the cap space and everything else. And we have to go. So yeah, that's the thing. Here's my thing with Grant. Hey, I don't think Grant is a guy that teams will extend to go crazy for either. Cam Johnson, maybe uh, Austin Reeves, Maybe, right? Those are two guys that I think you may see teams, you know, go a little bit bigger than what people are expecting. But even there, I think they're still going to get fair value. Yeah. I think with a guy like Grant, it becomes, all right, you know, we're, we're going to go to 
you know, 15 million. And if I'm a team that's like, man, we really think Grant is our guy. Like he can really unlock some stuff for us. Maybe they go to 18 or 20 million, but that's kind of how restrictive free agency works. You have to overpay. You have to make it for the Celtics, where you know you can't come in and offer Grant Williams twelve million because I would I would be shocked if Boston didn't just say, "Well, that's crazy. We're just matching. Yeah. Like yeah. we'll keep him." You have to make it painful enough that the team is like, "All right, we have to walk away." Because you know, and in the Celtics case, it would have to be, "All right, in two years, we can't have him on the books at you know twenty five million dollars." Yeah, that's too much. So that's that's going to make things too painful. So let's go. But fifteen, starting at fifteen, and going up from there. Now nah, that's that's absolutely fine, you know. So yeah, but he's just he's he's not one of those guys who screams like gotta have him, you know, tie up cap space and make a massive right. offer sheet. He's just not that kind of player. Yeah, there are other guys. You can go other directions. Yeah, um, it's just funny now. I I called up the uh, the old highest paid uh, players by year, and <laughs> it's just funny that we're almost literally twenty years removed from Magic Johnson being the highest paid player in the NBA at $14.6 million. And now we're talking about Grant Williams coming in at 14.6, being a palatable mid-level. Yeah. That's, you know, it's Nas Reed money, you know, yeah. like it's kind of crazy yeah. that, you know, even in the beginning of the two thousands, KG's big contract started out at 19.6. Like these. And people thought that was nuts. Nuts. Like people were like, that's crazy. I yeah. remember, you know, he was one of the ones I, I can't remember is exactly him, but it was him or somebody was one of the first ones to hit the hundred million. It was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, well, what has happened, you know, in, in this sport? Like how will we ever recover? And that's now like, we're going to have probably, I don't know, four or five guys top a hundred million this summer. And it's, it's not even a good free agent class. It's amazing to me how, lucrative, life-changing, just being a mid-level NBA player is now. Yeah. And like it changes so much of the attitude of, I think, what a player can be. Like, if I'm, now I'm just talking about me, my, my career significantly different than everybody else we're talking about. But if I'm coming into the NBA and it's like, oh, sorry, man, we, we just project you as like a mid-level guy. I'd be like, okay, sure. All right, maybe I'm not making the Hall of Fame. Okay, boo-hoo, I'm not making the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just have to take my $250 million and go cry on my bed of money. Like, right. there's so much money to be made from a Grant Williams, who is a nice player. I think we're kind of at the – if we're not at his ceiling, we're close to his ceiling. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, project I him out getting significantly. He could, he could get better at certain things for sure. But he's not crossing people over. He's not going to suddenly become a point guard. He kind of is what he is, mm -hmm. and and that's going to make him hundreds of millions of dollars, which is just incredible the, the amount of money. But okay, let, let's wrap it up with this. Bottom line: keeping Grant Williams doable this year, very doable. Will it will it cost them Malcolm Brogdon to do it? It's a good question. I, I mean, maybe. I, I again, I think there's a. Let's assume Malcolm Brogdon can play, right? Because otherwise, yeah. that gets very dark and that gets super messy. Yeah, we'll just assume he's healthy. So, so if he, if he's healthy enough to play at you know sixty games or whatever next season, um, I would say what you're looking at there is if you're the Celtics, it is yeah we're super expensive. I still think you explore Brogdon trades where it becomes if we could shave a little bit off here or we could add two guys at mm -hmm. you know for his money just to flesh out the rotation a little bit more. You 
you probably at least look into that. Um, you know, now knowing the injury part, you that probably becomes a little bit more of a hey, let's see what is out there for for that. Um, you know, for him and what he's got left on his contract, but I don't think it has to cost you Malcolm Brogdon. I think you're in a position where now next summer it that probably starts to become all right, yeah. we're gonna start making some decisions, right? Because that that if nothing else becomes we have to free up a little bit of wiggle room here to be able to do something, right? We don't want to be so locked in to this. For example, and it didn't get him there, but Steve Ballmer, who we all were like, well, that dude can could could buy the league if he wanted to. <laughs> like he is, he even said yesterday, uh 110 million for Eric Gordon in terms of salary plus tax penalties. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Wave him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, moving on. And that's and, and they're gonna see that. I mean, the Warriors, in effect, salary dumped Jordan Poole. Mm -hmm. And that's unfair to Chris Paul, but that's kind of where we're going. Not necessarily for this year, because they actually well, it'll bend up about even because they added in Baldwin and Rollins. They're gonna end up about even money-wise, but in the next three years. They saved a ton of money because Chris Ball is probably not going to be there uh, next year. And if he is, it's not going to be on 30 million. I can tell you that much. So you're in a spot where if you're the Warriors, if they're even starting to do some of these things, the Suns, that's a whole different story, right? They took this grace period year between this year and next year where things get restricted and said, hey, this is our last chance to add a whole bunch of salary. Let's go do it right now and we'll figure out everything else later. But for the Celtics to put them in that spot, I think there is a world where you could, outside of the Porzingis smart swap, you could see the team basically run it back with everybody else, keeping Grant, and then say, you know what, we'll handle all the rest of this next summer. Or we'll see, does something materialize by the trade deadline where it's, all right, now we can really move Brogdon and do do some stuff. And that that becomes a you know different kind of decision. So so I think that that, that could be something that, that uh, you know, we see happen there. I don't know that it has to cost them Malcolm Brogdon right now and certainly not in a deal where it's like, well, we're trading him for basically nothing um, into someone else's cap space where we got nothing back. I don't know that they're in the position to have to do that or would even want to do that. Why can't they just call up Washington and say, "Hey, Brogdon for Tyus Jones. Let's just let's just finish up this thing. Like <laughs> we had to make it work a certain way to make this deal work, but let's let's just kind of talk again here. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, they could if they wanted to go go that way. I mean, that's definitely you know, an option that could be out there. I mean, I still think you know there there are combinations that make sense with the Clippers still, right? Where especially now that they've shed Eric Gordon's salary, you know, but now Clippers may be in a spot where it's like, yeah, we need somebody who's a little more reliable yeah, yeah. that we can, can trust, and and they they might have said, nah, we're we're walking away. We we don't like the way that injury sounds, looks, what we're hearing, or whatever. So so that that's going to be unfortunate thing that hangs over all of this with Malcolm Brogdon because it's going to be you know it's like the movie Moneyball, right? Where uh, he's making he's pitching trade ideas, and the first is he healthy? You know, it's mm -hmm. like yeah, he's healthy ish. Right. Like it's, you know, that's going to be kind of the conversation, right? Is you yeah. know, Brad's going to be calling people and saying, Hey, we're going to go Malcolm Brogdo. Oh, is he healthy? Eh, he's healthy ish. ish. Yeah. You know, so, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, now if it's Malcolm Brogdon, I think you're like, Well, that's kind of Malcolm Brogdon anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Healthy ish. Anyway. So, yeah. I mean, you could do Washington. I mean, there's a lot of places out there you could look. And I think one of the things the Celtics may do too is, Let's let let's let the dust settle here the first couple of days of free agency. And then, oh hey, LA, you didn't come up with a point guard option. 
Yeah. You, know, you, you willing now to maybe talk Malcolm Brogdon? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll take back a contract or two and, you know, figure that out from there. You know, there's, I mean, and I'm not going to speculate names because people go crazy with that stuff. But, I mean, there's a million different combos you can get to with them and, you know, still make it work. And the thing is, we're kind of down to it for teams like like the, the Clippers where, hey, this is the last year of the good salary matching rules. So let's make, make the most of it yeah. here as we go in because next year, it's really hard for them to add a guy like Brogdon. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see how it plays out, man. Free agency starts Friday evening. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, Keith, I know you got like 20 other appearances to do here. Uh, <laughs> Something so. like that. We're, we're getting close to that number, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate it. Thanks. Always a fun conversation with Keith. There's always so much to consider when it comes to building a team, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope we maybe come came up with some ideas and uh, that 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 might make sense. And hopefully, we explain some of the things that are going on in a way that's easy to digest. Uh, thank you to Keith. Go read his stuff on Spot Track. You can follow him on Twitter, Keith Smith NBA. Uh, thank you for listening, all you everydayers. Love the fact that you're with me Monday through Friday. Hey, you know what? We're going into July. The next podcast is dropping in July and you want Celtics content. I got your Celtics content every day, Monday through Friday. I got you. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast on the audio side, subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell, get notified when I drop a video. This way you can watch, you can join in the conversation, hop into the comment section and you everydayers share the podcast. I love seeing those tweets, people sharing, letting me know you're listening in the car on the way to work, wherever it is. Keep doing it. Share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.